everyone. Welcome to Tinfoil Tales. I'm your host, Brandon Wright. Got a pretty interesting episode here for you tonight. We'll be joined by my guest, Rocco. Now, Rocco believes that he's experienced some de-aging and other instances that we've kind of discussed before on previous episodes, but he believes that he was a part of what they called the Montauk Project back in the 1990s. But if you've ever had an encounter or a story to share and you'd like to be on the show, please send me an email at tinfoiltellspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on social media. Look me up on Facebook. Look for Tinfoil Tales. We'll be on there. You can get reach me that way as well. But let's go ahead and jump on in with our story with Rocco. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'd like to welcome my guest on the show today, Rocco. Rocco, thanks for coming out and talking with me. Anytime. So we've had some discussions here and there, but basically you were part of experiments, government experiments, we'd say. And uh, go ahead. Um, I uh, was uh, born um, uh, 1987 um, on this timeline, obviously. Um you know, because I believe I was age regressed um, at certain points in my life. Um, but I was born in Largo, Florida in 1987. Um, I uh, ended up moving to Long Island, New York, um, to where my uh, mother's um, family uh, was currently living on the eastern end of Long Island. Um, and what happened with me was I had no memory of any of this growing up, no memory whatsoever. Um, 35 years old currently right now. Um, and uh, I, uh, I, I have to say it's been a hell of a ride. Um, I'm not going to sit back and, you know, give you a scripted story or I'm just going to shoot from the hip. Um, because the stuff could be painful to talk about, uh, very painful to talk about some of it. Um, but I uh, had my first ET contact at three years old. Um, I was in between uh, my mother and my father. And my mother remembers uh, the whole thing going down. Um, she said they looked to appear to be like these grays, but they were like, she said it was almost like it looked like a light bulb. They looked like light bulbs, like flickering kind of, but it was like a, I, I want to say like a greenish color. Um, I uh, had night tears growing up my whole life. Um up until about 10 years old, I couldn't sleep in my own room without waking up from night tears. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it was a scary situation for me. Um, I was currently uh, being schooled in uh, preschool uh, on the air base um, in uh, West Hampton Beach by the name of Gabreski. And, um, that's where uh, they started doing like the, you know, uh, what I'd say, hooked on phonics, uh, hearing tests, um, 
they'd bring me out of class, um, bring me into small rooms, ask me, uh, how would you feel if, uh, you're, uh, if you went to go kill yourself, how do you think your family would feel? Um, so a lot of suicidal programming, um, and yeah, um, you know, I, I'm, my memories are, uh, it's pretty interesting because my memories, like as I get older, it's like the ride gets even rougher, uh, so to speak, um, because I'm finding out more things about myself um, that I didn't know about as a child. Um, however, I was uh, dealing with um, like school. I never really liked going to school. I never liked going to school. It was like, because I had a feeling a group of me and others were considered the, uh, they would call us the basement boys is what they would call us. Um, I do remember being taken out to Montauk. Um, it's, uh, there's a bunker by the name of Battery 216. And uh, keep in mind, this was in the 90s. Um, you know, the place was still desolate. It was still you know, uh, shut down to the public. Um, and so what more than having a defunct place and doing more stuff just on maybe the top level or, cause that place was wide open for a very long time. Very wide open. Now, just for those who don't know what Montauk is, could you give them a little bit of a, idea of what it was well basically from what my recollection was is there was uh abuse uh with children um and uh growing up um i remember kids finding out going to school and you know kids not being in class and not knowing where these kids were and um they were just it was a it was a program that ended supposedly in around the eighties. They say, um, see, I don't believe that it just up and ended in the eighties. Um, but I really, I'm not like a historian when it comes to it. Um, I'm more of like I've experienced things in the here and now as well. Um, back around 2014 when I awoke to uh, what is my, you know, my journey, you know, and trying to find out what my journey was and trying to find out what purpose I had. And um, I, I, I dealt with a lot of what they call altars um, that are created um, while you're in these programs and then, um, dealing with them surfacing and dealing with other people can be hard sometimes. And 
it can cause a lot of infighting. Um, you know, the last time you spoke to me and I, I, yeah, I was, I was having really a rough, rough, rough time. Um, I feel like there is an energetic shift going on as we speak. Um, a lot of weird energies, a lot of people getting sick. Um, so it's, it's definitely stuff is still going on and, you know, we need to put an end to it. Um, but for me, like I have brief memories, like not full out memories. Um, I'm still working on that as we speak. Um, I do have memories of, uh, you know, always having dreams and, and um, now I'm questioning were they dreams or were, was I in another dimension? Was I in a parallel universe? Was I in where, you know, the, the possibilities are endless. The possibilities are endless. Um, but a lot of rape. Um, I remember a lot of rape, uh, as well as, you know, torture, um, splitting the mind, reprogramming the mind, um, to, uh, you know, uh, get you ready to sit in what they call the Montauk chair, um, and, uh, you know, uh, send you into, um, other times, you know, like, uh, in time, time travel, um, they had all of that technology. So they were able to do that. And that's what the Montauk chair was supposedly came up with a crashed UFO object. Um, like, like I said, I, some of my memories are a bit shallow. And it's been a while since I've done an actual interview. So you know, I'm a little scattered brained. Um, I do help others. Um, once you learn, you know, how to deal with certain things when it comes to this, um, you gravitate towards either helping others or finding something that you're good at. Um, the whole goal is to find yourself, to find the real you. That's, that's, how I look at it is I got to find the real me. Um, it, it's destroyed relationships for me. Um, it's destroyed marriages. It's destroyed or a marriage. It's destroyed. Um, I, uh, you know, it destroyed my, uh, relationship with my child's mom for a very long time um, where I'd become very physically violent and, you know, um, hateful towards her. And uh, we just so decided it's time to just split up. Um, and I needed to work on me. And it's an everyday thing for me is, is, you know, working on me and, finding my true self uh, through 
meditations, so on and so forth. So I try not to, you know, dig too deep into my memories um, because sometimes that can cause me to not be able to go out and do what I need to do, like as easy as going to the store and picking up food, um, you know, holding jobs, um, trusting people, you know, with what I tell them. Um, uh, also, you know, Preston B. Nichols, just for the record, did a lot of heinous, hateful, horrible, horrifying things to individuals. And there are individuals out there that know exactly what I'm talking about. And there are a lot of them are afraid to supposedly, like, it's like, they'll talk about it. But then some of these people want to idolize these people. And in my opinion, I don't want to idolize my perpetrators. Who is this Preston Nichols? Uh, he was uh, one of the, I believe he deprogrammed, reprogrammed. Um, he was a programmer in Montauk and I believe an engineer. Um, like a scientist type guy. Uh, you could look him up. Um, but he's gone now. He passed away. Uh, it looks like he was the one that originally wrote the Montauk Project, the book that was released for it. Yeah, but we all know a book, you know, can be one thing and then the truth can be another thing. Yeah, I've looked a little bit into it without necessarily like diving into the story or anything, but it seems to be, at least for purposes of keeping things under wraps they pretty much discredited anything that that guy had anything to say about that Preston Nichols they all said he was a, a liar and none of it was true it was all basically bullshit that he'd made yeah well it was real but like I said you know I, I, I've seen Dracos I've seen you know Raptors I've, I've, I've dealt with a lot of spiritual stuff um you know uh like kind of like uh you know past live bleed throughs um all different kinds of things but this guy was notorious for being a creep preston nichols was notorious for being a creep um and I think there was a little bit of manipulation with him at one point um, where he would like, you know, make it more than what it really is. Now, like, trying to go back here a little bit as I'm trying to read and listen. You said before you were de-aged. Do you know how many times that you can recollect that you were de-aged? Uh, 
I remember every time that I was involved in a program, I'm not sure exactly if it was all Montauk or part Montauk or, you know, there's all different kinds. So um, each time I was in a program, it was between 10 and 15 years. So each time. So if I went there within one, like one time, that whole time was like, you know, 15 years. So, yeah, uh, it, it was many times. So probably years. Do you remember any bits and pieces of what you did each time? Like, what were they having you do? Uh, let's see. Um, let me see. I'm I'm trying to think of one right now that I it just was up there, but that happens a lot with me. Um, they don't want me telling the truth. That's the problem. Um, but uh, I do remember. Um, I remember like, oh, horrifying, um, like. Uh, the cages and, um, you know, uh, being fed certain foods, you know, uh, the reptilian feeding room, um, where they would, you know, feed some of the children that didn't make it in the chair that died. Um, or if you didn't want to listen to a command, they would basically say, okay, well, if you don't want to listen to the command, then we're going to put you in the feeding room and let you watch the Dracos eat kids strapped to a metal bench. And that would split you even more so you would actually sit in a chair. Now, with these other entities and everything. Uh, what, like reptilians? Yeah, and like greys or anything. Were they all uh, working together? What's that? Were they working together or was it all just... Well, I believe the greys were the ones that were like doing a lot of the transporting. Um, and the reptilians were there working on the underground. I know like with the reptilian, the, the theories that float around with them are they've been here long before man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I guess I try to rationalize things. If that were the case, then why are they still hidden? Wouldn't they be the dominant power of ruling the country? Why do they need to hide from us? They should be able to just do what they want, and they would be our overlords, anyways. Right. Right. So right. I don't, that's the. That's where I kind of. It's hard to digest a little bit, just because. When you think about things like that, if they're so far, like so far superior than what we are, then why are they doing these, like, I call them games or trainings or whatever? I don't see the point of all of that. Uh, right, right. Well, see, what about other dimensions? See, we can open other dimensions, you know, um, other realms, um, you know. 
down to Wizard of Oz programming, you know, the subliminal messages, right? Like there's so many subliminal messages in these shows and all kinds of stuff. So I do remember that being one of the programs that I went through, Oz programming. I think that's something too with Montauk was they also did the MK Ultra training, which the CIA has actually come out and admitted to being involved in that stuff back in I think they like the admitted 60s. they admitted right, but did they continue to do it? I think they just changed the name, which they say, yeah, we did this back then, and then they didn't say they didn't stop. They just, oh, we don't do that. Well, you don't do the MK Ultra, but you just change the name to whatever it is you're doing now. I, I think they still do somewhat of an MK Ultra. Um, I think they definitely still do. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they're still doing it. They're just calling it something different. It's the same concepts of what they're doing. They just don't call it by MK Ultra. No, no. Um, you're right about that. I believe that as well. Um, and. I, I don't. I, I think that more and more people are awakening to this stuff and um, taking a deep dive into it, which you know I did in 2014. I took a really deep dive and I went out there, and you know I had missing time. I had all kinds of stuff was going on. It. it, it um, a friend of mine, uh, you know, always says there's never a dull moment in Montauk. I know they're so, doing something going on. I know they're doing more. I forget what it was, but just from talking with you and trying to research Montauk a little bit. Like been, great work. Yeah, they're they're actually that someone believes that there's the base is actually still underground, a big underground facility. And. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. Um, why would the military want to own something that's flooded out? I don't understand. Yeah. They're talking about doing research and trying to get like underground mapping for it, basically going out there, but they won't let anyone with equipment to go out there and test the area. Cause it's like a restricted area to prove that, these bases were really there under the ground, but now it's well, like a restricted area. I tell I, I definitely uh, uh, go to a channel Montauk is strange um, and definitely hit the like and subscribe button. Um, you will get a lot of videos. You will get a lot of documents. You will get a lot of information um, from uh, that channel, that YouTube channel. Um, this gentleman has been on a few television shows. He's highly targeted. Anytime we go on that base, like, okay, so I'm in the process now of, of getting ready to go out to Montauk this summer and do a, uh, uh, you know, um, a documentary. And the name of the documentary or title is going to be uh, More to Life Than Montauk. And what my thing is, is with the more to life than Montauk is trying to 
explain to people that, yeah, even though we were abused and used in these programs, however we were used and, you know, you know, you question your own sanity, you're sane somewhere along the line, you're sane. If you're nonstop questioning yourself and you're like, hey, wait, I need to go look, I need to look into this more. I need to, you know, you're, 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 you're like geared towards finding out what really happened. What really happened. Now this documentary you said you're going to be a part of, have, do they have anyone else that's experienced it too? Um, well, I, uh, I, um, I, I reached out to a few, uh, individuals that I don't even think they use Facebook. Um, and, uh, one of the guys that I reached out to, um, he, uh, was telling me that he remembered me in his class. Now he was older than me. Right. But he remembered me being in his class one day. And the next day I was at some camp. That's what the teacher said. I have no memory of that. None. I have zero memory of that. When did you, I think you maybe 2014, you said you started looking into it, but what set off like your, what happened to make you start remembering these events? What happened was in 2014, when I woke up, I woke up from a dream. And in that dream, I saw that tower. Um, and it was like, I don't know if I was standing. I don't know the full detail of it. But as soon as I got up, I, I felt really weird. You know, like I felt this like feeling overwhelming feeling like I needed to look into something. So my computer was sitting on the, uh, you know, um, table in the kitchen. And I went in and I clicked the mouse. And uh, sure enough, that tower popped up as Montauk Chronicles, the documentary. Um, and uh, I watched like a trailer or two. And for some reason, it, it, it kind of triggered me. Um, and, and then I went out there and I wouldn't stop. I just kept going and 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 kept going. Um, and uh, I had some experiences. I've seen, you know, a couple of different crafts, triangular shape. Some were like tubular shape with like it just very Montauk is a place that once you go, you'll never forget. It's one of those places. To me, it's like a whole nother existence. Now, if someone else has had these experiences and are just trying to look into it, do you have any tips of how they should try to go about remembering these events? Or is it something... Well, is this something you would recommend someone not to want to remember? Honestly, I say to myself sometimes, I, in some days I'll wake up and say, I don't, I wish I never woke up to this. Um, because 
it's also you got to deal with the trauma. You got to deal with getting along with other people. Um, and that's what they don't want. They don't want unity. That they don't, they want division. That's their whole goal is to divide us. Um, because we are powerful. We are Jedi's. We are, you know, we are uh, light, you know, warriors. We are people of, you know, that are special, that have abilities that sometimes people just don't understand. Uh, a lot of people don't understand it. Um, when you talk about this stuff, they're like, yeah, it's just some military base. Oh, that's just some, you know, that's just a lie or, you know, that was just a book or, you know, but until you get the actual feeling, it's kind of like putting your feet in your boots and going there and walking around and getting the feeling of, of it. You're going to get that real eerie, disgusting, vile, death type energy when you're there. It's, you know, depending on the person, depending on how shielded you are, depending on how. Now, see, if I would have went about this a different way, I might not have had as many issues or bumps in the road if I would have just kind of like just allowed certain things to come like they come now. Um, but I'm not going to sit there and give you a fake story. I'm not going to sit there and give you, I'm only going to give you what I can remember. And, you know, you, you never know, like memories come and go, unfortunately. And again, for those listening, that's not real familiar with Montauk or the project or the supposed conspiracy with it. If you've ever seen the TV show on Netflix, Stranger Things, it was actually, they used the Montauk Project as a influence for the show. Like, basically, the whole lab and the experiments with the kids and the mind-altering and everything else, opening up portals, all of that was what was supposed to be going on at Montauk. Yeah. So, basically, if anyone is not familiar with Stranger Things, which, if you're listening to this, you probably know what Stranger Things is. But that's kind of where they got the idea for that TV show for was actually based off the Montauk project with the experiments and everything that was going on back in the eighties and nineties and who knows, maybe present. Yeah, I, I believe present because kids still go missing all the time in New York, all the time. Um, so you know, and, and and it's not only kids though. That's that's the other thing. There's a lot of people that have been missing to come up missing without traces. Just there's a series called The Missing Four One One. Like out in the woods, people come up missing. Like people just vanish without a trace, and it is very strange it, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, very, very strange. Very strange. Um. And I and I believe um, I don't know if it was was Pre I don't know maybe Preston Nichols or one of them spoke in there that was involved in Montauk. I think they spoke on that uh, series. 
I think there was a show called Montauk Chronicles or something like that. I think Preston Nichols was involved well, in Montauk it. Montauk Chronicles was the movie that gave me the, like the before it even came out, uh, gave me the um, incentive to go out there because things started making sense. And then, you know, knowing that I had a handler, um, which is somebody who is controlled and maybe they might not know it. Um, a lot of times they don't know it. They're controlled. They're mind controlled to take, you know, take the child out there, take me out there on the weekends. I remember my dad saying, you know, you know, he didn't want to leave me with his, you know, at the time. Not going to say any names because, due to you know, people and slander or whatever. But you know, um, this woman would take me out there on the weekends, and uh, I just remember that long road going to Montauk. Like I can actually vision it right now. Like I, I can see it right now. Now, like, trying to think what I was getting ready to say. Sorry. Basically, do you believe that when you're, like, being DH, are they taking, like, the actual, like, your consciousness? Yes. So your physical body stays here. Your consciousness leaves your body and is transported somewhere else? Like a clone or, yeah. Like a, or a, or a, yeah, avatar, or yeah, yeah. I've heard other stories with very similar things where I've listened to other like podcasts, and someone claims that they used to work on Mars, and they claim that it was basically the same situation that they would leave their body, get de-aged, go be a soldier, fighting for some federation out in space. Yeah. And then they get the agent brought back and then same thing again. Correct. Correct. So I've just Uh, always kind of been thinking like if they're moving someone's consciousness, how it goes back to the whole time travel concept as well. If you're able to do that and control time, you can pretty much control everything. So I don't understand the purposes of all this stuff. If you're able to dictate time. Right. Well, you know, I guess, uh, you know, they were looking for young boys that could go into, you know, from what I remember is, you know, to go into society and, you know, be a maturing candidate. I mean, look at all the, you know, school things taking place. Look at all the, you know, look at all that stuff. I mean, these are, you know, and it's still going on to this day. So it's like you you sit back, you wonder, okay, well, they wanted kids that were going to really shut their mouth, um, that were going to be, you know, that were going to listen um, and that were going to take commands and that would be good assassins. Um and, uh, you know, go on missions and do things for them, do their biddings. You mentioned the Manchurian candidate. 
this also kind of goes back to even with JFK, the guy that that's another rabbit hole to dig into. But the belief the belief with him is he was basically programmed to do this by the same type of mind control. And then if you go throughout history, like other assassinations, other, like you said, school shootings or whatever else that go on, these big tragedies, it's almost they all fall into the same category of these individuals who are typically men and the lone shooter or anything like that. It's almost as if they were kind of what you said, if you believe into the MK Ultra and everything else, that these guys are basically programmed and brainwashed to do the bidding for whatever political agenda that needs to be done. Correct. Correct. And like I asked earlier, you, do you happen to remember, you mentioned like cages and seeing stuff like, but do you remember like them? what they used you for purposely, like for work purposes? Did you remember being sent to space or spent sent anywhere like that? I, I don't have any memories of that. Um, uh, I have had a few people say that I was involved with something in Shanghai uh, base or something, which is China. Um, something to do with I, I'm not sure the full. They haven't told me everything yet. It's it's one of those things that I'm going through like a process still, you know, to process more and more and more. It's like you can do one interview, but a year from now, I might have a bunch of bleed throughs, you know, and you know, there's more to it. That's that's the whole thing. It's like. As you heal, um, some of the a lot of what, what goes on with me is is my altars will surface, and then once my altars surface, I have to, you know, basically either baby them and then send them into a quarantine healing realm um, because uh, you know they got to understand that. I am me, I am Rocco, I am in control of me, my altars are not in control of me. And sometimes that's what they'll try to do is they surface. Um, and when they surface, like for instance, it could be an 11 year old version of me, right? So that's like a kid. So Sometimes they could be inside of me doing all kinds of things, causing infights, causing this, causing that. And then all of a sudden it goes away, but I have to deal with the aftermath of everything because I just had to battle that, that, that whole, you know, I basically had to lay that altar to rest a little bit and so I do know that those times can be pretty, uh, you know, hard for me. Um, and then, but the thing about it is, is meditation really has helped me in transmutating things into love and, 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 and no matter what, hugging myself, um, you know, breathing exercises, um, you know, because I, like I said, you know, I deal a lot with these overwhelming, what they call as death energies. 
um, and uh, literally sometimes are intolerable. Have you ever looked into hypnosis? And I'm not recommending doing that. I'm just curious. Uh, well, I was pre-regressed a couple of times. Like, um, I was pre-regressed and, you know, one time I went into like, uh, I guess, uh, like, um, I don't know if it was a vortex. I don't know what it can't remember, but I was seeing everything that this person was telling me, you know, like, do you see, you know, what do you see here? And like, I was. I visualized everything. So, yeah. <laughs> the reason I ask is because I don't necessarily trust hypnosis. I believe oh, I that. Don't I don't. I, I don't. believe that they can implement their own ideas or stories into that person, and that person starts to believe what they're being fed. Basically, is they're manufacturing no, more of a story really had hypnosis hypnosis like i've never really had it like that um pre-regression um but i learned right after that that that's not the road i want to take you know hypnosis um i'd rather the memories come back naturally um than pushing too hard. Yeah, that's kind of the, where I'm getting at is like, if they're trying to dig in there, they could be suggesting things and those suggestions manifest into your own. Oh, of course. Absolutely. It, it clouds the reality of what really happened in your own actual memories because they're implementing their own versions of memories into you. And that's the, the memory that you remember is something that they concocted themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why, yeah, I agree. Hypnosis is not the answer. So, you know, uh, but some people, they, they feel that it helped them, um, which could be the case for some people. Um, but I don't think you got to be like, you got to meet me personally. You got to meet a person. And I'm not talking about just one time. I believe you got to have coffee with that person, sit there, have a couple of conversations, get to know them, feel them out because, you know, you can only be under for a certain period of time and before, and I think it's 30 minutes at a time. If you are 35, I believe, I'm not mistaken, but these people that go for hours and hours, that could fry your brain. I don't even understand how people become hypnotized, to be honest. That's, I've been skeptical of the whole mysticisms of hypnosis and everything else, to be honest, just because I don't, it's not that I don't believe, but because I've never experienced and I don't personally want to experience it. But I hear these commercials on the radio of, this traveling guy that comes around and hypnosis is everyone for to lose weight or to stop smoking. How do you hypnotize an entire crowd at once? Like, well, yeah, I, kinda, I call BS on some of that stuff because it doesn't make any sense to me. I could be wrong, but just rational. Speaking. You have your own, 
you know, we all have our own opinions, you know, that's, 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 that's great about it, you know, but the problem with the own opinion thing, sometimes it it becomes uh, an attack on an individual and then it becomes, let's cyber bully this guy, you know, and it becomes, you know, it, if, you know, if we went through these programs together, right, are we have any memory of one another, not saying you in general, you know, I'm talking about people that, you know, I know a lot of them are dead. Um, a lot of them are in jail. Um, the people I remember. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I really trust a crowd of people out there on the internet um well a a pretty good percentage of the people um you know there's a few groups out there there's one group out there where i've met some people and you know what today i just had a wonderful conversation with another lady about this and we feel the same way. It's, it's, it's very interesting how, you know, the universe works. And, uh, you know, like for me, it's like I, 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 I'd rather, you know, knowing that I have these gifts, hone these gifts, right? And then uh, also I'll be starting, you know, Reiki classes here pretty soon. Um, you know, like, you know, how to do like, uh, energy work, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, put my gifts to work rather than sleeping or sitting in my own memories are, 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 you know, trying to leave those little memories that I have left, you know, leave them there which that's why there's more to life than mind talk. So there's, there's me trying to aware people of what, you know, what, what, what to me sounds more real is, is, is yeah, the time travel, all that stuff, but a lot of rape, a lot of rape. Um, I feel that, you know, and there's other people that believe this too, that it's a pedophile thing. There's a lot of pedophile activity going on with it. The pedophilia thing actually ties into some other things that go on too. And that's, again, that's another completely different topic, but. Oh yeah, no, I know exactly where you're going with that. (laughs) Absolutely. Like the upper elites and the, rich and all the wealthy and the politicians and everything and the whole Epstein thing like oh god yeah the pedophilia that's ran rampant for years and for whatever reason people make jokes about it these days because we all know that it's true and oh Epstein didn't kill himself yeah he didn't kill himself but here we are now (laughs) just making jokes about it uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I've heard stories of people, they say they saw Epstein walking around Manhattan when he was in jail. Yeah, I've seen stuff, I, but he's not really dead either. 
No, I mean, when he was in, not not even before that, when he was waiting to go to trial, people said they'd seen him in the, the, the streets. So, like, that's what I mean, you know? What, what, what? There's more to this, you know? There's way more to this. And, you know, well, I believe in sovereignty. I believe that, you know, we the people need to wake up and be there for our kids and fight against the sex trafficking more than fight against one another in this community. Um, it, it goes like the yin and the yang, you know, there's a push and then there's a pull, but then there's also balance. So it's like, you know, I, 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 I have to work on it myself, like daily routines, working out, like I said, meditating, um, you know, helping others as much as I can, um, taking my mind off of what I can't change that already happened. I guess ultimately... What do you believe all of these things are actually for? If you had just from what you vaguely remember, just from the stuff that you've seen and heard and read into, what do you believe this whole purpose was? To be honest with you, I've never picked the book up. I've never picked the book up, but I've drawn sketches of the chair, showed it to other people. Um, I have a sketch where uh, it shows how, it goes down, I believe, 11 sub-levels. Um, and on the 11th sub-level, there's actual, um, like, uh, AI control, I believe, going on. Um, I believe there's a lot of, um, you know, um, I believe there's, like, AI stuff going on out there, too. Something with the grid out there. AI technology is a lot more involved these days than it used to be, I believe. So it makes sense with the AI. I I use AI to make artwork these days. <laughs> and I mean, here's the other piece is uh, not too long ago, there was actually a uh, stuff was going on out there. They were you know, re-leveling, they were doing all kinds, they're doing all kinds of work there. What, 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 why are you working on a defunct, you know, like Air Force Base? Why are you repainting? Why are you trying to make this place look pretty? I'm not 100% certain I'd have to look, but isn't it open, quote unquote, open to the public, but not necessarily yeah, everything? But if you look it up, it also says that the military still owns the underground. But what what's the problem with people going over the fence? You know? Yeah, that's that, that's like hidden in plain sight. I've always said. And this is just my own personal opinions that don't mean shit to anybody. If they were really doing experiments, just like just Area 51, Montauk, any of those places, 
because there's already a stigma about what's going on out there and everyone can be like, well, this is what happens out there. Are they really going to do this stuff there? Is that where they want you to think that they're doing this stuff? Or are they just going to do it in plain sight? Be like, well, everyone says we're doing it. We might as well do it. And then everyone's going to not believe we really would do it. I won't negate that. Possibly Montauk could have been a, a, a implanted, uh, you know, uh, thing. And, you know, it could have been something totally different because think about it. You also have the Brookhaven lab. You also have all these different, you know, psychiatric hospitals that are out there on Long Island, New York. There's a lot of witchcraft rituals. Um, you know, uh, I mean, there's a lot of uncanny stuff that goes on in New York. I don't know where you're from, but there definitely is a lot of uncanny stuff that goes on in a Long Island. Yeah, I think there's stuff everywhere. There's all sorts of weird stuff out west. There's weird stuff mid America. I think yeah. there's I think there's a lot of underground bases that we don't know about, bunkers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to be honest, I don't necessarily know if we need to know about them, but at the same time, it's like, it depends on, I guess, what they're doing. If they're taking people, taking people's consciousness, kidnapping kids, trafficking them, then yeah, that's something that has to be, people have to be held accountable for all the stuff that they're doing. But at the same time, it goes back to what I just said about Epstein is we make jokes about it. Just like the Clintons having people killed off, we make jokes about it. Everyone's like, oh, oh, that happened. There's nothing anyone can do about it. It becomes a joke because it's like an open concept joke that everyone knows this is true. But what are we going to do? Right. Right. Well, it's just going, it's like Montauk too. It's like when people say, oh, well, where are the files or where's this or where's that? Well, maybe they were conveniently destroyed. You know what I mean? And it goes back to, you know, having the memories of the place. I mean, when I go there, sometimes I get very emotional. Sometimes I get, uh, I feel like I have eyeballs on my back. Um, I've heard really loud noises in the woods. I hit being junior, you know, who you know, destroyed the base in the 80s, uh, August 12th. Um, that's why they call it Montauk Day. Um, but, you know, uh, I have personally and have, well, I've had a lot of friends and myself personally where I went back there and I'd seen some weird stuff. Like I went back there at 10 o'clock at night and I literally felt like there was some kind of figure behind me, right? And when I turned around, I saw like a flash just jump past me. And I was like, whoa, whoa. So I got in the car and I went down by the tower. As soon as I pulled up to the tower, there was a bright green light, literally, like just chilling. Bright green light. And... My friend had never seen one before, and she was like, what is that? And I tried to calm her down and say, you know, 
easy, you know, like that. <laughs> don't freak out. We don't want any problems. Um, so we left. She hit the gas. I mean, there was no, like, she freaked out. She said she heard a loud bang on the side of her car. Now, that could have been Junior saying, get the F out of here. You know, um, I, I don't know for sure. Um, I wish I did. Uh, but I know she will never go back to Montauk ever again. What is this Junior? Like, what is this? Like, the interdimensional to... being that was uh, created um, in the through the Montauk chair. Um, he was materialized. Uh, one of the psychs created him in the Montauk chair. So it's supposed to be like some of these. He mind. manifested. Man he manifested. Yeah. yeah. A manifested entity that was created came out of the chair and you said it attacked the place. Oh, it destroyed hmm. a lot of their technology. Did it look like a person or a beast or what was it? Uh, from what I've seen in pictures, more like a, like kind of, to me, kind of like a, just a like monstrous looking thing. Um, I don't really know how to describe it. All I know is don't throw, you know, I, that's another thing. When you go to these places, people think it's funny to just throw garbage or throw a beer can or do this. You, first of all, you shouldn't be drinking when you're in a place like that. That's number one. Um, I learned the hard way years ago. But he, uh, Junior, can is uh, is interdimensional, so he can appear anywhere at any time. Now, with the and, interdimensional, sorry, what what's that? With interdimensional, they were open up different levels, different portals to parallel dimensions. I'm wondering oh, yeah. if he, if this Junior, whatever it was. If it was manifested or if it was actually something that just got transported over here from a different dimension. That's what I believe happened. That also kind of falls back in line with the whole TV show, that Stranger Things, where they open up a portal and these things come over. So, Yeah, yeah. And Junior, I believe it was Duncan Cameron that did that. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Don't quote me on that, but I, I believe it was Duncan that was in the chair um, when that happened. And uh, you know, a lot of people said that Duncan was the type of person where he really didn't want to communicate with anybody. Um, I guess the trauma or, or whatever really ate at him no like i said i'm not 100 percent familiar with it i haven't read the book i haven't watched the show or anything about it to be honest so i tried to come in here with open mind yeah with, 
I don't want a predetermined. This is what went on, and like implemented in my brain already. I want to come in here and hear your take on it before I look too much into it. But with that being said, I think we're about going to wrap this one up today. Is there anything in closing that you'd like to say for anyone listening? Um, for anyone who's listening, uh, you can contact me if uh, you'd like at uh, Rocco Fowler on Facebook or email me at RoccoFowler11 at gmail.com. Um, and uh, that's spelled R-O-C-K-O-F-O-W-L-E-R-11 at gmail.com. Um, and to just remain strong and know that uh, people are awake and aware of the unknown. All righty then. Well, Rocco, I appreciate you coming out and talking with me. It's definitely very interesting and something I'm going to go back and look into a little bit more now that I've already had our discussion. So I appreciate it and thanks for taking the time out to come talk to me today. Anytime, Ed. All right. Well, you have a good day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. And that's our episode, everyone. Again, I'd like to thank Rocco for coming out and talking with me tonight. I know sometimes it's very difficult for guests to discuss things that's happened to them, especially instances that have been traumatic. So I do appreciate that when anyone is willing to come on the show and talk with me. And if you'd like to be on a future episode of Tinfoil Tales, you can reach me at tinfoiltalespodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to me on Facebook. Just look for Tinfoil Tales. Shoot me a message over there. But I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Good night, everyone. <laughs>